0: Hello everyone, this is the first uh, I guess we'll call it watching Live Campaign Diary which is somewhat ironic because it's for the end of Season 2 of Vampire. Uh, I have Cotton here who knows very little and I have Jupin and Oz with me who know basically everything that has that has happened. Uh, and then as part of the Watching Live I have uh, Leel and Psychotron hanging out who have some uh, text privileges in case they want to to say stuff yeah
1: for those of you who are listening and not in the uh in the channels right now this is what you're missing out on more importantly
0: if you this is the kind of thing that we usually stick just on our patreon as a incentive for a little bit of extra content a little behind the scenes stuff uh so given the end of season two and some of the crazy things that went on uh there was a bunch of stuff that I wanted to talk about and like, why not put it out there as, as content for people? Sure. Can always use more content. The grind never stops. Never. <laughs> Part of said grind involved asking for some, uh, questions and stuff from the community. So I got them up in front of me. um, Remind me, where did we leave off the last campaign diary? Was that right as we were starting the whole knocking on heaven door situation, or was that uh, a cor- couple... B- yeah, correct. We were we went
1: up to knocking on heaven's door. We were going to do this one, which was knocking on heaven's door, and then
0: that's, that's the bad. end of season two, so... Yeah, then it was like Bat Out of Hell, uh, Arthur's right. Checks, and the Dano Mall
1: which is a great word. I loved in all.
0: Yeah. I can't spell it for the life of me. I have to look for the squiggly red lines.
1: Yeah. The, the, the denouement. Yeah. <laughs> it goes from theater to like concrete term quite quickly.
0: Right. right. <laughs> My car hit the denouement. <laughs> <laughs> the denomination. Wait, what? Yes. Uh, the, 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 the denomination of non-denomination. Exactly. Um, I guess. Uh, do you want to start with the questions, or do you have stuff you want to talk about first?
1: Oh man! I mean, there's so much that I can talk about. But I mean, that's me. Everybody here can attest that I talk a lot about everything.
0: Part of the reason these take like two and a half hours sometimes when we do them,
1: right? Which is which is why I've already got the beer started, so I can probably slow that
0: down a little bit. <laughs> slow down the talking, or slow down the beer drinking? Uh, the beer drinking. Mm. Uh,
1: I I guess I'll just start by saying that knocking on heaven's door was a lot of fun. That's good. Um, I I found myself slipping right back into the old uh, shadow running strategies, uh, especially like during the planning phase when I sat there and I realized like the the best part about like you know Neuro stun in. Shadowrun is that like it knocks everybody out with like contact and with uh, inhalation. But in World of Darkness you don't have that. And then I also realized that in World of Darkness, any type of smoke grenade doesn't do anything to you unless it's purpose built to. And so I had the great idea. I'm just like, alright, well, I'm just gonna hook up a bunch of gas grenades to attack vest, pop them, abuse the rules. And go uh, Cloak of Shadows and just kind of stroll through and let everybody go to sleep. And I thought it was such a great plan that there was no way that it was going to work, and I was right. No plan survives contact with the enemy. No, no. I think we were doing alright. I think we were... Jupe and I... Well, Jupe came in later. That's right. It was... No? see this the, is what happens when i start drinking it was there was the both of us
0: the two of you snuck in through the garage windows right and then a short while later jimmy pulled a perfectly executed distraction and uh well began a distraction
1: yeah that was about the time that we found out that you know, Rosanna had the true faith, and because she had the true faith, she had a pretty good idea that something was going on,
0: which was not great. Yeah, funny how that works out sometimes.
1: Yeah, but I don't think anybody was really expecting us to be able to uh, secure 305, especially when one of those is you know the true faith zealot who is you know anti-vampires you can get. That was pretty great.
0: Yeah, it was only a matter of time until things popped off in a way that was going to be kind of a mess. Um, the the thing I like that the V5 has done and I will continue to do from now until the end of any games I, I run is the whole three-turn-and-out combat thing. And we kind of had that here twice, where it was like three turns of people... Sneaking in, setting up distractions and stuff, and then three turns of combat. At least as far as I remember, it was only three turns. Um, I can just count them based on Jimmy's messy crits.
1: Oh God, there's so many messy crits in like all of those sessions.
0: Yeah, it was crazy, and I don't even think that he was running hungrier than normal. I think he was only at like three hunger for most of it.
1: Yeah, I think it's it's fun because with Jimmy every time we do one of these where you know the rubber hits the road he does nothing but messy crit the whole night like every time there's even a hint of physical conflict he's like well I guess it's time to start smashing heads and it's just messy crit after messy crit after messy crit
0: and when you're dealing with mortals barring extenuating circumstances like a a crit is supposed to take them out Uh, a messy crit even more so and even even more so when he was rolling, because like a messy crit automatically gets you four successes, and he was rolling like six and stuff. So right. Like he's already well above and beyond what it would take to normally put this person in a bad place, and you just crit on top of that. It's like, all right, sure, you just fucking go right through this guy. Poor yeah. Sanjay.
1: Poor Sanjay didn't even have a chance.
0: Didn't even realize what was going. And he is just a nice family man. Trying to look out for people.
1: Yeah, but this is the world of darkness. There's no nice guys that survive in the world of darkness. Yeah, he gets a tire iron on his, upside his
0: head for his struggles.
1: Well, he certainly stopped struggling right after that.
0: Sure did. Did I talk about the changeling thing last time? The changeling thing? No. Yeah, I think I mentioned it. Uh So I had this crazy idea. In Chronicles of Darkness, there is. uh, It's Changeling the Lost as opposed to Changeling the Dreaming. It is their lore, but like different implications. And in Changeling the Lost, one of the things that happens is the true Fae come over to our world and they kidnap people because they're assholes, is the short version of it. And sometimes what they'll do is they'll take a little sliver of the person. So and they'll take whatever literal trash is around them, sticks, sleeve, garbage, doesn't matter. And they'll magic that up into a person and leave them in their place, and that person will go on to live out their life. So I had this idea, because when Art looked up a bunch of stuff on Sanjay, he found out all of this stuff about him living in New York. So I had this idea that maybe Sanjay was a, was a changeling. And the person that you found all that information on was one of these made-up fake people that some fay had uh, had left in his place, and that's why it's like, oh, he's just got like this nice family situation, and uh, they're called fetches, uh, from what memory serves, and I don't know why specifically fetches. I feel like there's a question of why. Right,
1: they were trying to make fetch happen, and that was the only way.
0: I don't think that's what they were trying to do, but okay. Um, so there would have been a chance when Sanjay got geeked or captured or whatever that you would have been able to find out that he wasn't quite human. Um, but didn't need to worry about it when he got murdered. And uh, no, nope. promptly dissolved. So, uh, so much for that. Um, yeah. I gotta
1: say, uh, ashes to ashes for art, especially, is like the the er discipline for him to take.
0: It's so good, too. It's so good. It's like, oopsie. Let me just just clean this up. Pick up your your clothes from the from the dust pile. Right. <laughs> you gotta have art start like in the trunk of his car, carry a fucking dustbuster, so that when he dissolves people, you like. <laughs>
1: Yeah, a little handheld shop vac. That's what I'm thinking. is is part of his EDC is going to be a little dustpan and hand broom, just in case.
0: Just, just like a lint roller that you just put the, <laughs> on the whole roll. Right. All the tape. Uh we're terrible people. Yeah. Um, I wanted to make really sure that I was being consistent with the, um, with the hunters as for things. Because there was a legit chance of character death. Uh, the, the can't remember his name off the top of my head. What was the goal?
1: Cool? Um, God, and I just edited this this, this episode
0: too. I um, tell you, this on my phone. Yeah, James Hall. James Hall. There we go. Okay. So. With him being a ghoul, he was going to know a whole bunch about kindred lifestyles, uh, including how to get superpowers. Uh, He was a venture ghoul back in the day, which is why he flagged as a serial killer with a, uh, like a modus operandi, like a preferred type of targets, because he was picking up people for his Venture dominator. And, uh... I knew he was going to be lurking around. I decided to give him Cloak of Shadows or Shadow Cloak, whichever one the Obfuscate power is to come out of. And then uh just kind of like he's if you're in a good position, he's going to try and blast you with Dragon's Breath round. I was well, I was like real close on just Geek and Jimmy completely.
1: I yeah, think, you just about
0: had him. I think technically I should have still done damage to him because on a tie, you're supposed to like both hit each other, Goku versus Vegeta style. Mm-hmm. But uh, in that situation, Jimmy still had the option to use willpower, I believe, when I looked back on it, to uh, not be horribly maimed slash murdered. And I think in that situation, with it being like a it was the exact number to put him to z- Full ag, it would have probably just been torpor. Uh, with the option that you know, if he shot him again, it probably would have been final death. But but that didn't happen.
1: It did not. It did not. And it, like you said, it wasn't for lack of trying. We also did nearly get Elizabeth when mm. she wolfed out and jumped on in to get in on the action.
0: Yeah, she took if she didn't have fortitude, I think she would have died. Yeah. But, but you know, it's the, it's to damn this thing when you're a gang girl and you want extra HPs. <laughs> I think I have her little sheet around somewhere. I didn't grab my journal. Um, and if you guys want, I'll put like a Google drive link in the description of this so that I can upload the pictures of the little mini, uh, um, index card character sheets for the hunters to them, so that you guys can look at them if you want. It is pretty cool. You should look at them. Uh, after everything calmed down, we had everybody kind of hitting, hitting the showers, kind of. Just kind of like, we need to get the fuck out. Which right. was also kind of fun. Yeah doing the
1: um police response dice i think was really neat cuz it did give us that sense of urgency it's like all right you know what do we what do we need to get like right now and then every single roll you're doing is like well that's six successes on six dice that's five successes on five dice that's and so we had no time zero time but uh, as uh, will drop tomorrow, Art was able to still kind of make it work.
0: Yeah, there was definitely the Obfuscate advantage going on, which was really, really helpful to... Sure, you weren't going to have a whole squad of people there to help you out, but you could do what needed to be done. Um, Which I think is my fault, because I think I accidentally mentioned it when we were talking, maybe during a campaign diary, maybe after the camera, I've been turned off you having a obfuscate and just being fucking sneaky and uh avoiding that whole situation
1: um we like that was something that was already mentioned like i already had it and the idea is like yeah i could just obfuscate and walk around because they're they're mortal they can't see me and then you said something that was like, oh, yeah, well, you can just have them do everything and then just drive off with the evidence van. I said,
0: actually, yeah, I could. I think that's what yeah, I'll that, do. That's what it was. I couldn't remember the exact thing. Um, but I guess let's let's handle the people that ran out of there first, which. Uh, yeah. Uh, normally we do these episode by episode talking about specific things, but all of this was so intertwined and like. Sure we could talk about the combat, but you know that was just a combat. Sure, it, it took, you know, two hours to to sit down and play through, but can't really talk about Jimmy's messy crits all the time. Yeah. Um so Jimmy got obsessed with this van and managed to get the key and everybody well not everybody into it, but got the two Rosanna, bite size Oh, no, sorry, not Rosanna. Um, Naomi, bite-sized, and Coco into it and hobbled off until the paramedic came along and helped him. Yeah, and then that messy crit happened. Uh-huh.
1: I'm shocked there wasn't yet another body, and I think that's... Jimmy handled it really well. It's like he, he was well within his rights to do it, and then... Cookie says, yeah, you should totally do it. It's like, I cannot do anything that she says,
0: so we're not going to do this. Out of spite, I will not murder this man. Yeah. Uh, Which was cool. And Missy and Keith got Rosanna out of there. And... Well, not Summer, sorry. Um, Elizabeth got herself out of there after getting fucked up. And then... Wynn got out of there and when and elizabeth uh
1: Wynne drove elizabeth out of there as i recall yeah um
0: summer stuck around though she did not only did she stick around she stole your car and drove it closer yeah hotwired it and then was nearby in case you needed an exit that was
1: super neat that's uh that's why she's a integral part of
0: subjects angels <laughs> true um and then, uh, then then more chaos continued to happen as everybody was arriving everybody jimmy was stealing car tires and teaching coco how to change a tire i i look forward to her getting granted somewhere that aaa doesn't arrive in time for the sun to come up See how she deals with that situation.
1: You know, at some point, and since you did post Denema, I can talk about it. Um, yeah. At some point, she's going to murder if she has not already murdered a gas station attendant or somebody who works on, like, you know, a mechanic shop. And so she's going to have to learn how to change a tire no matter what.
0: I don't think she's murdered one yet. Yeah. Or later. Probably. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Um, then we had a really cool conversation between Keith and Jimmy, which I really liked. Yeah. I don't know how Missy feels about Keith not liking the idea of being a Malkavian.
2: Uh, Missy doesn't know it yet, right? <laughs> no, she does uh, not. Missy also doesn't know that that conversation actually like happened and like what they actually talked about. Yep. but Jupe is very much what is Jimmy up to because it looked to me like Jimmy is trying to do something here he's tr- trying to to throw a wrench in Missy's plans he's trying to take what she has and yeah so uh, very suspect of of Jimmy and his actions.
1: It's it's like Jimmy never stopped his plot to create a network of free ghouls and remove ghouls from the the coterie's, uh, tool belt.
2: Yeah, like I don't...
1: Mm-hmm. It's it's like his apology was a non-apology.
2: It's a non-apology. Mm-hmm. No, he's he's not gonna. He's he's still going to try to mess with what Missy feels is hers. And it's not going to go well.
1: No. Eventually, eventually, Jimmy's going to get got. And it was almost during knocking on Heaven's door, but not quite.
2: Who was going to get Jimmy during knocking on Heaven's door?
1: I mean... The hunters? Yeah, the hunters almost got him. And if Mm. things had gone differently, uh... Art had, uh, he, he had a stake ready to go.
2: Hmm. Okay.
1: Cause that was one of the old, like one of his first plans was if I need to get rid of Jimmy, then it's very, very easy to say, Oh, well, the hunters got him.
2: Hmm. Interesting.
0: Very interesting indeed. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was another little touching conversation with, Elizabeth and Coco. And then... Coco takes Wynn to go and do some petty thievery. Uh, which was all good stuff. A nice yeah. little, like... I wouldn't call it an appetizer, but a nice little, like... Mint on the pillow after... After all the action that happened. And it's like, oh shit, we're not all gonna die. Or die again, in, in most cases. Um,
1: yeah, wonder if it's getting the education... Of, like, all the wrong things from all the wrong people, and it's great.
0: Yeah, no, what could possibly go wrong when you have somebody that's, you know, tempted by sh- shadow darkness all the time? Right. Uh, one of these days I will translate their character sheets onto PDFs and upload them because I made character sheets for most of the, uh, the NPCs that were going to be involved there for the vampires so that I had an idea of what, uh, what disciplines and stuff they would have available to them? Oh man! And then, is there anything cover before the coterie gets back together with the people that left the scene? Uh, it was all just little touching, character yeah. interactions. It was all the
1: okay. Well, you know, we've we've done the thing. Now it's it's the come down,
0: and everybody's. Doing their own little versions of self care. Yeah, we didn't die we all through a thing together. Um art though, and later finds out Raven, we're still up to something.
1: Uh yeah. And, you know, I've still got some questions about what they were talking about at the denim, but I really can't wait to hear those questions. Yeah. Um I, when she never showed during Knocking Out Heaven's Door, I knew that we were going to see her. And so during the sneak check part two, uh, you did the first round of uh, three rolls. And, of course, they were amazing again. I'm like, oh, shit, here we go. And I'm like, then I mean, you said, it's like, okay, well, fortunately, it's it's not the humans. I'm like, oh, it must be Raven, because Raven still hasn't shown up. It's just, this conspicuous absence.
0: I mean, if she didn't know how to obfuscate, maybe it wouldn't be such a conspicuous absence.
1: Uh, right. So, you know, good on whoever decided to teach her that.
0: Yeah, I can't imagine what other super interesting thing that she might learn based upon you had to teach her that might show up later.
1: Uh yeah. You know, you never never know.
0: Yeah. But uh you guys have an interesting set of situations in in those first set of roles where she rolled more successes than you. So she got the jump on you on finding this stash of blood and uh the kindred that you did eventually actually fine. but as right, we learn right. later, uh, she got her hands on the notebook.
1: Uh, she did get her hands on the notebook, and that is actually one of the questions that I was having was, you know, she was making a lot of insinuations, and, you know, whatever it is, Art's totally down for it, but I, as a player, had no idea
0: what she was alluding to. Cool. We'll get to that in a little bit, then. Um, Raven has been, I think, one of my uh, my favorite people to think about as far as the NPCs that are like active like obviously the prince and the sheriff are active and they're in the city but their concerns are elsewhere so I don't really think about them too much Uh, Raven specifically being in the orbit of the Coterie and also investigating the Coterie on some degree just like how we started off uh, the first episode of season 2 and then being brought in for this it's like okay like what what kind of mischief can she get up to in the, uh, in a way that with her ideals of like trying to fix the Camarillo but realizing it is a thing you can't fix from the outside like she would totally be an anarch if that had a a chance of working out you know the, right. the, Cam- the Kaz so much established everything, and the Anarchs aren't organized in, an, in a way that works. And uh, Vinny is probably the only other Camarilla Bruja in the city, which is but of like a punishment situation, where the prince appointed him to that position, because it's like, okay, you were you so with the way the prince's sire, the previous prince, was handling things, this is your chance to be empowered to do stuff about it. So that it's like you get to be the one to make sure that things don't get out of hand officially. So it's just like the two of them. Um, And I don't think her being a bruja really has anything to do with her viewpoint on things. It just so happens to work out that way because, well is cool. (laughs) Um, It fits thematically, but she could also fit as, like, nearly any other, um, nearly any other clan, but I feel like it's, her attitude and ideals is what drew Vinny to embrace her. Her technological skills were something that the Camarilla was going to be in need of in order to, um, help maintain the masquerade in situations that these old fogies don't quite understand how technology works. Um, And now she's making moves of her own. Like, oh, I can be invisible to people and they won't notice me doing things. I need to know how to do that. So uh, I, I out of character specifically went to art because they had a previous relationship because Art has Ghost in the Machine, which at some point, Raven will manifest that power. Because, you know, that's exactly what Art needs, is somebody who he may lose some sense of loyalty in. Uh, not being able to be picked up by his technology.
1: It, it's fine, because he's he's kind of got ways around that.
0: But Yeah, well, we'll see. She gets to be your dark reflection?
1: Uh, I would say light reflection.
0: Yeah. Uh, She was messing with Coco's pseudo-vampire boyfriend and Eddie and his little operation that was going on. Uh, so who knows what'll come out of that. Uh, Poor Eddie's gotten fucked. Um, yeah, uh, I don't even know who this guy
1: is. And it's just like... He's gonna show up just like just dressed in rags and raving for, like, revenge, and he's just gonna, like, whatever, and just put him in the dumpster.
0: He was the brute squad that you guys called in to deal with Sveeple. He is a ventru. He is well-versed in the Dominate discipline, so he helps with the memory cleanups when needed, and he's kind of cute, I guess, by Coco's tastes. So they kind of got confused or uh, confused and advantage of in a doesn't understand vampiric culture kind of way uh, and then Coco found out later on through Summer that he is on the outs as far as Clan Ventrue goes because he while he did have a large sum of money he squandered it and wasted it so now he's like not cool with them as much anymore And therefore much less interesting. Yep. And then Raven fucked over one of his operations.
1: With Missy's help. With Missy's help, yes.
0: Um, but you guys got both of the Kindred, uh, Candace and Ajax, out of the basement. And that will pay off in the near future. You guys managed to get out of there without killing the cops, which I was kind of surprised at, actually. Um, is there anything else in that situation that you wanted to to discuss before we get on to you stealing a police evidence van?
1: Uh, you mean attempted to steal a police evidence you,
0: van? You stole it. You were just immediately apprehended of sorts. Of sorts.
1: And I think in the end, it does kind of uh, accomplish his goals. And we'll get into that in a bit. Um, gosh, what else about knocking on Heaven's Door? I did not realize that Art was going to be as good of a shot as he was.
0: Uh, I think we slightly goofed that a little bit. I don't remember the exact order of events. I know it's like coming out of, you get like a role versus their awareness. and I would have to double check those rules. But like, coming out of Obfuscate, like, they can't fucking tell that you're there.
1: Right. Like, i didn't i didn't expect to be able to murk james hall i'm glad i didn't like kill naomi because now i gotta oh well,
0: that's Dude. we should have talked
1: about that yeah we can talk about that right now
0: yeah let's talk about that. so naomi yeah. got got by a couple of bullets from one one sneaky Nosferatu. right it was great and had that perfect amount of damage with her body armor to go to like full record of damage which is like impaired and basically bleeding out like one more point of damage she'd just been fucking dead. But she was right on that cusp and right on that that thing. And then we had art's messy crit.
1: Uh yeah, a messy crit on a medicine check. So that was that was pretty great because he he knew what she wanted. And Uh, what do you, what do you think that she wanted? She she wanted to either die from the bite. So she dies happy or she wanted to get turned because it's that whole tempted by darkness
0: thing. Yeah. It it was 100% didn't want to die and didn't know what exactly that meant, but knew that there was a chance. Right. And, you know, she still kind of got what she
1: wanted, uh, in that. dead. Yeah, Arthur. Arthur uh, Art recognized what was going on there, and it's like, okay, look, if I turn you, I can't, cause I'm just gonna eat you. So, you know that that whole I don't know what it is about him, but like he he doesn't like to kill unless he absolutely has to. I think it's because he's been dealing with bodies for so long. Uh, but he had absolutely no intent in letting her die because she's the source of information. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he he's going to get what he wants out of that. And then, you know, now I, as a player and art as a character, need to figure out what to do with her or what will be allowed to do with her given, you know, she's, an opposing force and a walking masquerade breach.
0: Yeah, she's a she's a set of problems for sure. Let's uh, talk briefly about the character sheets that I made up for these hunters. So, one of the things that I did was I only did their physical, physical, mental. I wrote out things that they would have a bonus to do, like a you know, if they have a a physical dice pool of four, if they have because Naomi was a a military engineer. Uh, so I wrote things like firearms, athletic survival investigation, and craft repair, uh, where she would get two extra dice to do those things because she was in the military where other physical related tasks like sneaking, for example, would just be four dice. Um, I wrote down a little bit of what gear they might have on them. Uh, once again, Naomi being a, a person, uh, I put down that she would have like a a personalized full kit, so like body armor would have all of the the dangly bit of body armor, like you know the tactical survival knife, the extra sets of ammo and flashlights and all that stuff. Um, and then I also wrote down. Uh, a boon and a bane, where it is something that these characters are are good at, drawn to, something that they have in their history to give me some ideas in the moment. For uh Naomi, her boons were military training in MacGyver. So she was good at fixing things and she has this military background. Um, it was one of those situations where I'm thinking, Okay, well when would they spend willpower? It's like, oh well well, when they have a, a background or something like that in it. And then for her two Banes, I think I came up, oh, I wrote on this. Uh, I put mostly non-vocal because I had the idea she and in her squad before she got out of the military for her. Uh, honorable discharge, medical discharge. I don't remember what I put it, it down. It would have been medical discharge, medical discharge. Um, discovered a torpid vampire that woke up and ate the squad and started to eat her and she has this set of scars around the neck and clavicle area Uh, a surprise vampire might try to suck your blood from so because of that her vocal cords are all sorts of fucked up has problems speaking Picks up sign language. She can do a little bit of talking without stressing herself out, but mostly does text-to-speech through phone apps or uh, sign language slash military sign language. And then the second Bane that I put down on here was related to that, was Tempted by Darkness, which had two ways that I could see it kind of playing out. One would be that she would start drinking ghoul blood or not ghoul cool blood, she would start drinking vampire blood like James Hall was, and become a, uh, a ghoul, sort of. Like, she would gain powers and stuff, but would not be as locked into the whole ghoul cool situations as he was. Um, you know, it's one of those things, you see a, a vampire tear through half of your, your squad, and, you know, almost kill you, uh, That's a lot of crazy power that who knows what you could do with, right? Right. Um, So when we're in a situation is visible standing over her, It clearly is a monster, a vampire of some kind. And she is bleeding out. You know, she reaches to try and like to him that she's doesn't want to die. Is curious in what he's got to offer. Right, and it it is
1: you know an offer that he's definitely considering, and you know now that he's done it, and 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 the Denama even said it's like you know you uh, ancient Chinese proverb: if you save somebody, you're responsible for them, he's and part of it. so now he's done that. Uh, I'm also it's it's kind of interesting in that he uh, for his messy crit he chose uh essentially an act of compassion to not kill somebody
0: mhm but so, will make his life so much more difficult and interesting right
1: and you know we're we're ending the uh oh god i know what i'll do with her now yeah we're ending the uh the season here and he's you know his schemes are are winding down so he needs a new set Mm. so uh i I was just thinking about like all right how can i use naomi and i i think i know now
0: so i I am curious as we get to talking to all stuff i guess also something else you want to talk about because i'm i'm happy to continue talking about naomi because i'm very curious because we haven't talked about her at all
1: uh we have not and i don't mind talking more about naomi cuz you know this is the first idea that i have and you know i'd love to to throw more ideas against the wall to see what i can do because art as i've developed him is not somebody who takes ghouls yeah. uh which is very strange in that you know your your average ghoul is a great information resource they're you know 100% loyal Uh, They're going to do exactly what you ask. And you know, you can put them damn near anywhere. So the fact that he doesn't do that uh, was really interesting. And now, you know, the one and a half that he's got, uh, one's inherited from Carol. Mm -hmm. And one is now Naomi. And they've got a very disparate set of skills, and he's finding that, like, yeah, he could just as easily say, all right, you know, I got what I wanted out of you. Now I'm just going to go ahead and eat you. Okay. But I don't think it's in him to do that.
0: It does, in some regard, feel like it steps against his uh, convictions about information and information being free. Because when you kill a source of information, that information is no longer free. Right.
1: But, you know, at the same time, it does kind of conflict with the clean up your own mess thing. But I I don't think that Art considers her a mess. So, yeah, but I think he's he's super interested to find out, you know, what she's run into. Definitely her, you know, hunter sources and all that shit with uh, along with the stuff that he picked up on his way out. So, um I'll be interested to see and and how we we work on that. But I think during the off season uh because you know art basically said, you know, Coco, you did a great job. Now you're going to be punished for the other shit you did. Uh she's going to need a warden and I think that's going to be Naomi.
0: It's a very interesting idea. Coco's own little dawn hunter. Yeah, who's been absent for a little while? Indeed. Oh man. Uh, so you weren't there because Art was locked in a storage unit for a little while, avoiding the sun. So you you weren't present for the uh the, the Dana Mont recordings where everybody went and met, with and uh, a couple of things happened. Um, iago which was one of carol's underlings in the, the whole harpy boon cracking business uh, less proclaimed himself harpy and that's more or less a position that, that like if you can hold it or you know you're you're fancy enough in that situation you uh you got it um not so much appointed all of the time so a new harpy and he ends out two pairs of life boons and a whole bunch of major boons off of these torpored kindred who are currently within the Camarilla's custody. Um, I'm going to ask Joop real quick if Jupe has any ideas what Missy might spend these boons on off the top of either of your heads. Either Joop's head or Missy's head.
2: No. No. I think I think Missy's keeping her boons in her back pocket. Uh, to see if anything if she needs them later i think she's she's paranoid enough especially jimmy's actions uh in the past that she might just be you know creating somewhat of a war chest to make sure that if anything goes down she has resources available to tap into
0: it would be a very interesting situation where she calls up a list of people it was like hey i need you to <laughs> drive jimmy out of town and kill him
2: i mean that was precise not that wasn't specifically why but that's why she negotiated that boon from abishai mm-hmm. just to make sure hey that could come in useful in the future if jimmy ever acts against me
0: it is true that, because she knows
2: Yeah, Abishai doesn't like Jimmy anyway, because you know nobody likes Jimmy. Right. Funny how that works out. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And the thing that was really cool about that situation is Jimmy put Art forward as the person behind a lot of this. That he should be the one to reap the majority of it's.
1: That is really interesting. That's not at all what I expected of Jimmy. Me neither. I mean, it's it's kind of neat, because, yeah, Art Art did come up with, you know, a large part of the plan and everything. He's just like, all right, Baron, you're going to go and do this. You're going to play to your strengths right here. And, you know, Art basically took over as Baron and then sent Jimmy out as a hound, and now he's coming back, and he's still got a little bit of that going, I think.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm really what some of the other people are going to do. I don't, I haven't thought, but yet, what the NPCs might ask out of their boons? Uh, that's probably. I know Winifred is going to look for some support in establishing her whole sombra situation, and sure, these two other, uh, these two other kindred—one of which, you know, denies all clan attachments, and the other one is a uh, an anarch, brouhaha dude, like. I don't know how much support they're actually going to be, but you know what? There are more people before.
1: Yeah, it's a start, and I think, you know, having having that start, and then kind of some tacit se- shadow support from art, not as the Nosferatu, but as a Nosferatu, I think helps a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um...
0: I don't think Summer has any idea of what she wants to do with them. It's just kind of like, cool, I'm six months in and I have two major boons from different kindred that are way older than me. And I don't know what I can do with them. Because it's not yeah. even the manner, they're, they're pretty major boons.
1: You know, it's it's been six months, and Bradley Kelly's like she's got a fucking retirement fund going, and she's got two major boons from from these vampires. Like, what the fuck is this kid?
0: Uh, Bradley Kelly was the the fuckup. Uh, Stephen Cohen, right? Uh, Bradley Kelly also had that trust fund set up because it's a trap. It is 100% a booby trap. Right, but
1: she's managed to get that invested with Art's help
0: Art and uh, Ryan yeah thank you Roach
1: I know he's getting so much more development I I, I like I like to see him have a happy ending
0: Uh, I got bad news for you oh well shit it is the world of darkness like the whole conversation Keith and Jimmy had there's two ways lifestyle (laughs) both of them end up with you being dead right that being said, you know, he might not make a bad venture at some point. He would definitely not make a bad Nos. Uh
1: That's true. That's absolutely true. Uh, I think when the time comes, that's something that uh, Art will talk about. Because depending on, on the direction that he would go with it, uh, Art would be able to snake out, like, basically a life boon for him calling in his chit to
0: have somebody else turn him I and mean, then if you can get the uh cuz they would still need permission to to embrace cuz otherwise like you know it's just it's still a fucking unsanctioned embrace so murder it right uh is an interesting idea um who knows What possibly Raven could get up to with a life boon under her fangs? I guess this is... What's the word? Where do I want to do this? Um, Because they all got a life boon and major boons and stuff. And then they went back to the club and didn't invite Summer. These fucking monsters.
1: I know, like I I heard about that. I'm like, how the fuck could you cut her out of the dance party ending? Like, what the shit, right?
0: I was I was legit upset for her because you know it's like they're walking down the hallway and it's like you know Raven comes up and then there's Win and she gets invited and then um it's just kind of like. I narrate that Summer walks by with her sire, and nobody says a fucking thing. And I'm like, "You assholes!" But she's not going to ask in this in front of her her sire and at Elysium, where it's like, "Must obey all laws of decorum and uh, what's the word looking the, the part of yeah, yeah, looking the part of like a good and proper ventrue because she's not uh. But that also worked out because then everybody was going back to the the mall where art would show up and we would handle some uh, uh, arts resolution of things. Uh,
1: yes, yes. Uh, one of those things was, and he'll have to, like, follow up with Elizabeth later since, you know, she was understandably injured. Uh, but following up with Summer the best he could with uh, Winifred and then with Raven. Oh, uh, is that is angels?
0: That scene at the club with Winifred and you rolled that giant crit, and you were so super nice and meaningful to her. Yeah, that was good shit.
1: Uh, it was. It absolutely was. And I made sure to temper it with the uh, the whole uh, all according to Kekaku at the end, which means plan.
0: Uh, we got uh, Leo and Psychotron in the chat here talking about some stuff. Uh, Lil says that they are absolutely monstrous mean girls for not inviting poor Summer. And then Psychotron continues that with uh, Coco is the worst and that he loves it and that Cookie does such a great job with her. And yes, she does. It's yeah, it's always impressive when she does some of the stuff for how new she is to RPGs, which I guess I can't really say because it's been like four years
1: yeah, she's been going hard for a long time. She's super good at this. Like, it, I know that it doesn't matter what system we play. Coco's going to bring, you know, 110% to the table. And it's, it's fantastic to sit and watch.
0: I'm so you excited know. that she's coming to Gen Con this year.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, all you people who are listening better come to Gen Con, I think, will have the full cast, except for Tom. Yeah. Since he's in Canada,
0: it makes it a little bit more difficult. Yeah, can't blame him for that. It's way more expensive for him to come this way. Yeah. Uh. So, okay,
1: yeah. Uh, Raven. Yeah. She's got the book. She's got the book. Book very interesting.
0: Very, very interesting book, Yes.
1: So what was she insinuating?
0: Uh, so a big thing that was in the book was keeping track of how much animal blood they were feeding to the two vampires they uh, they had captured, and how much vitae they were able to extract out of them in uh, I, I guess in like cups and quarts and like in numbers. Right. Imperial with, measurements, yeah, I get it isn't really important from a setting lore game it's not like oh two quarts is equal to one ounce like or anything like that but the thing that she was able to identify was that Candace takes roughly twice as much animal blood to return the same amount of vitae
1: uh yeah and that's how uh that that matches with that spiciness from the uh the shot of uh, her her blood that he took
0: Exactly. So, uh, mechanically she has blood potency too, which means that animal blood and bagged blood slake half as much hunger for her. Um, so I also had the idea somewhere along the line that Vita, cause I want to put the temptation in front of art. Cause I'm trying. uh, Vitae above his blood potency may slake hunger but I don't know how you feel about that or how I truly feel about that.
1: Um, I mean, I, as a player, love it. I think it's going to be really conflicting for art because um, there's only so many kindred that you can eat before, like, none of them have, like, the potency you need. Uh, it would have flat out turned him into a junkie, and people would be wondering who the who the fuck the kindred chupacabra is. Well, like
0: you can eat kindred and asterisks by it, and uh, and get hunger out of it that way. Um, you know, providing they're not old enough that as soon as you remove their kidneys, it doesn't ash in your hands. But I was just talking about just straight up kindred vitae, where like currently like at blood potency 1 if you were to drink blood potency 2 blood uh it would like one of your hungers
1: yeah at at the same time like one of the things i am looking at in the uh in the in in the uh, off season is since i'm he's basically there in terms of years uh moving him to blood potency 2 which just kind of you know obviates that
0: but it it would certainly limit your options in that regard. Yeah. Which I guess uh, is as good a time as I need to make a statement that before Season 3 starts, uh, everybody but Coco will have the option to increase their blood potency by one for all of the activity and just time being a vampire. And Coco will pick up a predator type with all of that that entails to kind of even the playing field out because she had had blood potency too for the entire game. And, you know... 35 extra Diablery XP.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm sure that's going to come into play during the off season. That whole yeah. diablerie XP.
0: Well, she's only got like six-ish more months before those Black Stains go out of her aura. And, and we uh, know that, that Francis is on the warpath for Diablerists right now. Yeah, we got Rosemary coming into town. And another intended Diablery there. Can't imagine anything going wrong with that. Uh, So did that answer your question with Raven in the book that you had, or was there other things you wanted clarified?
1: Uh, That does answer it, although now, like, Arts also kind of kind of ask himself like is is she wanting to do a, like a little like Yosef Mengele and like actually do experiments with you know finding out how much you can get out of a kindred and like doing active experiments for it or are we going to be like all right well how much mortal blood do we need to return that amount of vitae and start using the the clinic that he's setting up in the mall
0: to get a steady supply of 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 trafficked blood. Mm-hmm. And I mean technically, Candace does owe you a life debt, so you could be like, yo, give me a... let me tap that. Right. Vein. Yeah. Of course. What did you think I was talking about?
1: Uh
0: arteries. Oh, okay. Because these art.
1: Yeah. Haha.
0: <laughs> Phrasing, oh. yes. <laughs> um it's also an interesting situation because we know that Raven has some of this more or less bottled blood that these hunters had. And we can only assume that she drank this shit out of at least some of it.
1: Yeah. My assumption is that because we, we said that we had, uh, two of candies and then three of the Bruja. And yeah, yeah. So my assumption is that you know she found she found candies and took a hit, but also they've they've got to move it fast because it's it's already going bad, right? It's already turning.
0: They didn't exactly have the most uh, efficient and supernatural storage methods for this kind of stuff. You know, it was in like quart containers you'd get from a takeout place. Right. You know, they just kind of rinsed
1: it out. They, they they fed them the otter blood and then rinsed it out and then started pumping it back in with Vitae.
0: Yeah.
1: So
0: it's not exactly hermetically sealed and well-preserved or any of that stuff. Um, yeah. It does also greatly expand her list of potential disciplines that she can have access to.
1: Uh, honestly, yeah. And Art's also got a pretty good list of Disciplines as well now.
0: That he does. That he does.
1: So, I will have to figure out if I'm going to be spending a whole bunch on Disciplines this time around, or if I'm going to keep, like, finishing out that lore sheet, because I'm almost there. Because the opportunity of actually having, like, the ability to track Ley Lines, because he's a uh, the Senate of Zelios, but the whole ley line thing as how it plays into uh, his uh, ritual studies with Sculivan.
0: Oh, I really need to update the the cheat. Yeah. Well, uh, you're you're updated, but we're even. Yeah, I'm now. updated. Um. Dope. Dope, dope, dope. Uh, cool. Is there anything you want to talk about before we get to these questions that we got sitting here?
1: Oh shit! I don't know. Um, I think that the scheming that he's getting to is going to come to fruition in the off season, which is going to be fun to watch because the 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 two burning things we've got going on right now is the labyrinth underneath the mall, which because he's got four out of five dots in Descendant of Zelios, he's building a labyrinth. So, of course, he's going to choose them all and what he's going to find down there. And then uh, Rosemary.
0: Yeah, well, there's a lot of other little things that are also burning. Yeah. So,
1: I mean, I'm looking forward to all of those. And, you know, I'm also kind of looking a little forward to, to taking a break from vamping for a bit, like heavily vamping. And then we've also got to uh, work cotton in. So that'll be fun, too.
0: Yeah. There's going to be some some stuff going on with that in the near future. Yeah. Cool. Uh,
1: Lurking intensifies. (laughs)
0: Uh, All right. So, cool. Uh, I got my little list of questions here. Jupe asked, I want to know... What was the hunter's plan? Did they have a big scheme in mind and swipe up kindred in the city? Uh, no. Specifically, what had happened was back at the beginning of season one, people hunted and killed some random ass mortal who happened to be Father Santiago, who was at the church that Coco's stepmother goes to, which is also where her Coco's stalker, Father Todd, is uh, people killed him, vomited his blood up across the street, and six months later, it turns out Rosanna, his sister, brought her squad of hunters up here to find out what happened, because it's real suspicious that her brother dies in a animal attack situation when she knows about vampires. So she was up here less specifically to find out who did it, and get a little righteous vengeance. And uh, to hell with whatever blood-sucking, godless monster gets in their way. Literally, to hell with them. Uh, when Jimmy and Coco and then later everybody else got involved with the hotel that they were at, and uh, uh, where they were hiding out and they fell back to the the church community they were having an argument over we need to get out kill the two we got let's fucking leave and you know maybe we'll come back to you later because right now shit's too hot And uh, that was part of one of the little clocks that I had set up for them to be like, if time passes, some of these clocks are going to start to fill in. And depending upon what happens there, uh, the situation, one of them was that the group would fracture, which would mean that like Rosanna and probably James would stick around to continue hunting vampires. Everybody else would get the fuck out.
1: Um. Um. you should you should post the uh, the timeline. This because this was really neat. I really like the timeline thing, and I'm gonna throw that in my GM toolbox for later. But, I mean, you had like, yeah, like this hunter timeline was like you had two weeks basically basically set up. So if we really faffed around, like this is the state it was going to be is you know they're actually going to do like this physical masquerade breach. So within 24 hours of them securing the New Haven. They're like, they even, hadn't even hit the 45 part yet. That's when the Coterie tracked them down, and we we did Knocking on Heaven's Door. They had no time to do any of this.
0: Yeah, if you guys had faffed around, the things would have been vastly different. Like, uh, the place that they were stashed at was would have raised in difficulty. There would have been, like, a box of rice on the opposite side of a door, so when you opened it, the rice would have spilled. With like some uh, jingly Christmas balls in there too to make noise, but then the vampires have that uh, the mythological thing where it's like shit. I gotta count all this rice. Hold on, <laughs> God, I fucking <laughs> love that trope. I love it so much. Um, stuff like that. They would have too questionable effectiveness. Anti-vampired the house. Um we also had some quite well, I guess first Joop, does that answer your your question to a satisfactory yes. degree? Yes. Do you have any follow up questions?
2: No. OK. Uh
0: Leo had supplied some questions. What brought these hunters together as in are they a part of a larger organization or a scooby gang type group? They are mostly a scooby gang Um as for what brought them together, it is kind of like they've all had interactions in some way with the world of darkness, the masquerade vampires. Uh, we talked about James and Naomi earlier with one being a ghoul, one being attacked. Um, Rosanna had religious aspects of things that knew of vampires from, from that stuff probably had some kind of encounter. Uh, Sanjay, we had talked about the changeling thing which would have worked out as a good like you know, he comes back to this world, sees his fetch is living a, a life with a like a wife and it and doesn't want to break that up, right? Like if he were to come back and get reinvolved with that, he would have to kind of destroy it in order to reintegrate himself. But that's a whole other set of mess so decided to just leave that life behind. And uh, vampires are known to break up families, so kind of not liking that. Um, Literally a terminal nice guy. Right? Um, ignoring the changeling stuff, Well, he lived in New York, he did cab stuff in New York City, the amount of shit that he must have seen. Um, And Bite size almost assuredly brushed up against Ventrue banking and financial things with some of the hacking that she was doing. So just kind of like slowly pick up one here, pick up one there. Oh, and the um, the guy who died and kind of set that whole plot line off. Uh, he watched his sister being fed on over multiple nights, Dracula style, and uh, she was eventually embraced by Art Sire. So, Ar- uh, uh,
1: yes, that's something else that he'll be uh, looking into. Uh, along with the uh, the information he found on actually who is who giving the uh, team that backing.
0: Yeah, which I don't know if it's really like Hunter backing or if it's just like uh, the Senior Santiago's giving support through like a little bit of money, some church funding, that kind of stuff, but may not actually be Hunters. I don't know. We might, we'll see where things go over the time skips to see whether or not. yeah. Uh, we move on from hunters
1: at, at the very least, it is a good piece of information to kind of allude to on the NOS network mm. and be like, Hey, I've got this cool stuff in case you're interested. I know where they are. So,
0: you know, it is definitely worth floating that information out there because somebody local to wherever they came from, maybe interested in following up on that. Right. Uh, Lil's next question is like, I know the priest sister and the chick with the scar obviously have an extra. But what about the other covered that um Give me one second. The problem with doing this in the bedrooms; it's right next to the uh, the bathroom. And the hour gets running; it's it very loud. Indeed. Now that I'm at the get this up this up here. Um. Yeah, they don't have any like particular exits. The people that were here in the city was Unity and just a general crusade against supernatural monsters.
1: Yeah, I think that's that's uh, I mean, for us, it's obviously a good thing, because if it was actually, you know, Inquisition-backed, we would see a lot more presence in there, and, you know, part of the reason that you know art likes having a contact, a ghoul in the police force. Is that when the feds start to roll in on something, he'll be able to find out about it. And then, probably, one of the next uh lore sheets he's going to take is Project First Light, so he can get more information on that. Because anything that that plays into that whole conspiracy theorist shtick that he that he peddles is just
0: icing on the cake for sure. Uh. Did this group free the ghoul, or did he free himself? My general timeline and idea for how they came together was that Rosanna and James Hall came together first, and James had kind of a similar situation to Summer, where his regent got got killed. Uh, I never thought about too much about how, how or why, but in that situation he. He doesn't want to get killed, and he knows that's exactly what would happen to him if the vampires are caught him. So he went on the run. Knowing enough about vampire society and culture, it's pretty easy for him to be like, I'm going to go to this club and uh, see if I can find somebody that, that's obviously hunting and turn the tables on them. There was a thing that I didn't get to use, but was something that they were totally using to Seek out vampires and had worked for them. They make those little biometric rings that your heartbeat and stuff. And they were all wearing them. That's kind of like a biomonitor. Uh the kind of thing where, you know, if say Rosanna as a, a young attractive woman goes trolling through a club and is looking for Basically, you know, some vampire picks her up. They can track her biometrics and, to an extent, her physical location through this, like, through her cell phone, through the ring, and find the vampire that is currently attacking them.
1: Dangerous, but neat, but dangerous. Yeah, I mean, it's vampire hunting. That's what you expect, right? It's, It's not a smart profession.
0: No. Uh... Next question he has is: Wouldn't drinking the vitae not from the source prevent any disciplines from passing on to the ghoul? No. Uh, in fact, you're drinking vitae not directly from the vein, the wrists, the, the whatever, uh, means that you don't get blood bound, but all the other benefits you get—you get the you get the, uh, the advanced healing, the temporary immortality, that kind of stuff. So. Cool little difference, which is why Art's police contact is not blood bound to him. Which I can't imagine that going wrong. Uh,
1: right, not at all. Not at all. I don't know. Well, we'll that that might change.
0: We'll see. <laughs> we'll we'll see. Uh, how far did Jimmy really think he could get? he could drive his new van on two flat tires you know i don't have an answer for that question but not very far because like your big panel van that's got a bunch of equipment in the back of it (laughs) not even equipment but like hydraulics and stuff to operate the lift like gonna go super well
1: i don't i don't know about any of you but i i lurk uh, the just rolled into the shop subreddit, and turns out that you can drive on a flat tire for a long time. You won't have a rim left. You'll be throwing sparks when you pull into the into the shop parking lot. But you can drive it. It'll just make a hell of a mess. A hell of a mess. That was that was also one of those things. Like you know, if I'd have known that he was going to, you know, basically get addicted to that fucking van art wouldn't have sabotaged it so the hunters couldn't get away but that was uh an incredible amount of like contingencies planned for that fortunately we didn't need to use but it did make a little bit of a hiccup on the escape
0: i mean you can't really uh count for all of the jimmy messy crits right which segues into, uh, was there a messy crit switch that Tom flipped on Roll20? Because that was a lot of them. I don't think so. I've never seen that feature as neither a player nor a GM, so who knows. I know that he's done some some programming wizardry and has done some character sheet stuff, but, you know.
1: Uh, it does bear mentioning that we do know somebody who works in a coding capacity for Roll20. Yeah, isn't that Tom? No, it's Nikoya. Uh okay. Go ask her what the hell's going on with that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yo, what the fuck. I, so, they live not too far from me. Yeah, I she I met her at uh Gen Con two years ago, last year, I don't remember. Yeah. That's cool. Um The night that Coco rolled that seven success 35 XP diablerie. The night before, uh, I was at an L5R fourth edition game, which has exploding dice. And on four D10s, keeping, I think, three of them, one of the players rolled a 70-something. Which involves the 10-sided dice coming up with a lot of 10s that explode on top of themselves. And then it it was nutty. Like how do it's like you you fucking fly I guess you do whatever you want because you got a fucking seventy, right? So uh, roll twenty is fucking crazy sometimes.
1: I mean, it's those are always a lot of fun because that was I think one of the most fun things about second and third edition Shadowrun is that you also had that it wasn't number of successes like you were rolling your dice and you had to hit, hit a target number, and sixes always exploded. So you could build, in third edition specifically, you could build a runner that was so powerful that without wearing armor, you could step on a hand grenade and your exploding soak roll would mean that you took no damage.
0: Which is obviously why they changed it, but Yeah, no, I can see where that's some problems. Yeah. Um, Exploding dice do funny things, which is why I'm looking forward to Savage Worlds, because who the fuck knows what kind of crazy shit's going to happen there.
1: Uh, Yeah. Uh,
0: uh and then his last question was: While doing Ashes to Ashes, has ART gotten any stains from rolling one or ten on his Rouse checks for it? So, uh, no. Cool thing, one, that people seem to always forget about is that it's just a stain, which means if you have a conviction that's relevant to the situation, you can just use your conviction to straight up negate it.
1: Yeah, and, uh, one thing that Psychotron actually mentioned in the chat which I thought was really funny is that ashes to ashes for art is especially OP because he has a conviction that automatically comes in every time he uses ashes to ashes, which is clean up your own mess. Yep. But, um, I think I've rolled a 10 once on that rouse check and you basically roll those with advantage. So, um, if I have a one or a 10, uh, then I can roll a second time to see if I negate it. And I've had to do that once for the 10.
0: Uh, which is a cool thing about rank one powers uh, blood potency stuff uh do you have any other crazy questions stuff uh also for the people listening
1: uh do i have anything else like i think i like i said i've been talking like nonstop. i actually still have half a beer left um I don't think I have anything else. I know that we'll we'll put our heads together later about some of the scheming that's going on and what new schemes we're going to do. But otherwise, we are we are focusing on on setting up for the uh, the next game. So that'll be
0: fun. Need to get that character made. Yeah, I guess it's a good time to talk about that. Uh, I'm going to do a separate state of the pod thing probably to record that tomorrow and then. Uh, release it over the weekend. So, with this, we are taking a slight break from Vampire because we need some sunlight in our lives. Mine um, is overheating from running a game for two and a half years? Uh, yeah. Something like that? Yeah. Um, in particular, with Season 2, there was a lot of things that were brought up as plot points that quickly got more or less uh, swept under the rug as the hunter thing took front and center stage. Um, which sucks, because there's a lot of interesting things going on with the different characters that are things I want to find the answers to. Um, so, gonna take a deep breath. Gonna have uh um, is gonna run some Deadlands, uh, specifically Deadlands Reloaded, that we're gonna play for a little while, and... Then, uh, during the course of playing and releasing that, I plan on running some of these little scenarios that we have in mind, things, questions that need to be answered, um, for, like, Coco's Punishment, Missy's Sire, Art digging around underneath the mall, etc., etc., to, um...
1: I'm looking forward
0: to the punishments, personally. Right? Um, To Just kind of have them as little one-shot, little two-shot things that we may or may not have uh, everybody there for. It may be shorter things, like in the Denouement, uh, Coco wanted to talk to Elizabeth again. So maybe she and I will sit down for a minute and, you know, spend a half hour, 45 minutes chatting about that situation. Um, So there will still be vampire content being recorded that will be probably put out on Patreon as, air quotes, B-side, even though it's sort of still A-side, while Deadlands is being released publicly. Then, when Deadlands wraps, we're going to release the... these little one-shot things on the main feed, and move into season three or something. I'm, I'm talking six months to a year down the line, I think. Right. Because, um,
1: you know, a short campaign for us is a year.
0: Apparently. Whoops. Um, so that's more or less the plan. Cause we're not done with vampire. I think season three might be the end of vampire, but there's a lot of shit that's going to be happening. And then, cause I already kind of know how I wanted at to start. And, some of the questions that are going to be asked and answered there. Um so that'll be that'll be a whole thing.
1: Yeah, the Christmas one did take 3 months and you know now I feel a lot better about destroyer of worlds because that fucker took like 6 months and it's like no you don't get it. It it takes as long as it needs to take
0: because it's just that good. Yeah. The plan at the moment is after the last vampire is released. We will then release the uh, release the Call of Christmas 2022 over the next four weeks or whatever it was. Um, So this way we have a little bit of Deadlands backlog and then on to things. Uh, I
1: know it was over a year for that last release because we were fucking idiots and never posted the last episode of Destroyer of Worlds. (laughs)
0: whoops oops uh i'm excited to get call of christmas out to the general public so they can listen to you monsters
1: uh yeah it's it, it kind of sucked that, that one took that long because um they're a lot of fun i like being able to switch to that but because of all the scheduling issues that we had that and everything was yeah everything was so disparate that i was like what I wanted to do as my character, I ended up not doing because I just couldn't fucking remember what we were doing because I'm really bad about taking notes. So I guess my New Year's resolution should be, take more fucking notes, asshole. Uh,
0: It was also difficult because like, at the end of one of the recording sessions, one of the NPCs was yelling and being incredibly mean to one of the PCs, and then even two weeks later, it's really hard to get right back into that, to, like, not build up to that situation, but to just jump right back into it. Yeah. Is, is not cool. So, uh, I still think it turned out fine. I'm excited to see who everybody thinks is the appropriate killers. Or killer killers. Who knows? We'll see. Um, we'll have to see. When recording the Halloween game, if we're doing a Halloween game, Uh. I'm positive we'll be doing a Halloween game.
1: Um, I'm going to be using your trick in order to get that properly written out. I know what I want to do, I know how to set it up, and it's just going to be getting that part, you know, making sure it's all on paper so I don't
0: lose it. Yeah. Um, and rather than a Christmas game, I think I have an idea for a Valentine's Day game. Uh Oh my God, that's great. So we'll see how how that goes. I think I know what system I want to use for it too, but we'll we'll see what happens. Cool. This was only two and a half hours. That's a that's a good time, right? Uh,
1: one and a half hours. Time to me start recording. We started at 7:30. It's now nine. That's one and a half hours.
0: No, uh, it says joined the chat at 8:30. It's now 10 o'clock. That is one and a half hours. Okay. Yeah. All right. Look, I didn't get my nap today. All right. And that, you know what?
1: That happened a lot. I actually dozed off in my chair when I was supposed to be working. So I get it.
0: It's fine. Yeah, that's been happening a lot this year too. Whew. <laughs> Uh, Well, in that case, thank you guys for listening and participating and having questions and comments and all of that good stuff. Um, Yeah, absolutely. Watch the space.
1: Um, We'll have more stuff coming down the pipeline, obviously. We've got another Alien game coming and and we'll say post-GenCon is probably when we'll start getting that going. uh, Uh, Maybe. We'll see. Yeah, I I think it, it's going to depend on, on how many sessions we think we can get away with. So, Yeah. Okay. Uh, and, yeah. Um, there there may be some Patreon changes. That's going to be uh, a thing that BAMS and, and I need to talk about. We've already been talking about it, but uh short version is, if y'all are interested, we may move to a dice goblin tier, uh, since I've got somebody who makes dice that I can lean on. And I've got a whole shitload of dice coming to give away Gen Con. Yep, we got a bunch of those, too, and we'll have buttons. We'll have dice. I don't know if we'll have lanyards, but they don't seem too popular.
0: Uh, it was just cool to have enough lanyards for people that were there to walk around and represent. Uh, I did get tattoos. I don't remember how many of those I ordered, but I got temporary tattoos. Fantastic. That's great. So. All right. All uh, right. Thank you. Thanks, everybody, for supporting. Thanks, everybody, for everything that they do, and I hope that their lives are are doing good. And not, yeah. not like the craziness we were having to deal with.
1: That's right. It was only just yesterday. It was 2019. That's right. All oh, right. Well, let's get rid of the boys. All right. I think that's it. I'm going to hit the buttons now. Hit Goodbye, button. everybody. Goodbye.